Christian Parenting. Support for Paradox comes from the Timothy Center, your online counseling center, no matter where you live. The Timothy Center is a faith-based counseling center in Austin, Texas, offering online teletherapy for those that live in Texas but outside the Austin area. If you have questions and would like to consult with Jimmy, Josh, or one of their licensed professionals, visit them at timothycenter.com. Recording live from Austin, Texas, powered by the Christian Parenting Podcast Network, a conversation about marriage and family that women will love and guys won't want to turn off. Doctors Jimmy Myers and Josh Myers are a paradox. Welcome to the show, everybody. This is Paradox, and I am Dr. Josh Meyer. I'm... Gee, that was pretentious. Wow. You're Sir, Sir Dr. Reverend. Yes, the right Reverend Doctor. Sir. Yes. Um, Colonel. No, that's Randy. Yes, he's the Kentucky Colonel. Um, Anybody know Phillips, Craig, and Dean? Yes, they do. Dad calls the Phillips Colonel, and I still don't know why. But that's another. That's a story for another day. Because he was awarded when they years ago when they did some concert in in Kentucky, the governor bestowed upon them all the title of Kentucky Colonel, like KFC. Yes. What? I don't believe that story. Yep, it's true. Somebody at at Randy Phillips and ask him that. <laughs> So here we are. We just got through uh, recording a, uh, a promo for the Perfectly Imperfect Parenting uh, online conference that's coming up uh, the end of October, and uh, took a little uh, little time getting through it. Actually, yeah, uh, a little time getting through it. It was a little difficult. They're going to edit it down to two minutes, but it mm-hmm. took ten minutes to record. Yes, uh, our tangs tangled uh, more than once trying to get out Perfectly Imperfect Parenting. Event. Podcast paradise. <laughs> it was tough. It was making me so angry. But luckily, and I don't even, I don't believe in luck. I believe it's the providence of the Most High. Amen. Neither one of us got angry. So today we're talking about anger. Yes, we are. So I'm in a uh, Bible study. Mm hmm. There's eight, seven or eight of us guys, and we're all late 30s, early 40s, uh, parents married. Mm-hmm. We're going through a, a series from Lifeway called Series 33, and it's about godly men and yada, so yada, yada. It all kind of consistently revolves around how we are super, as men, prone to anger around our kids. Mm-hmm. They are such easy targets, and they are, because they're defenseless, really. Yes, And they are so infuriating. (laughs) They can be, yes. No, it's not like they can be. It's like that's when they breathe, they are infuriating. So you're saying like you're infuriating to me. (laughs) Not adult children. Oh, not Not adult adult. children. Yeah, yeah, of course not. But their little minds don't work correctly. No. They'll fight you on something that like is not truth, but they'll claim it's truth. Yes. They will cry my three-year-old cries cries at the drop of a hat and he's so stubborn when it comes to potty training right now oh yes we lived through that this weekend 
And so it's like we're trying to parent and we're trying mm-hmm. to create little image bearers, mm-hmm. um, not ex nihilo, mm-hmm. like oh, yeah, our Lord, mm-hmm. but, you know, help facilitate image mm-hmm. bearing children. And we're trying to do it right, but they're just so doggone frustrating. Mm-hmm. And so, as I mean, parenting can just lend itself so easily to anger. And oh. that's, that's why we're talking about it. Yeah. Today. I mean, whether it's parents or kids or couples, all in some degree or another report something along the lines of something makes them mad. My children. It, 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 the problem is when we say things that we don't mean and we do things that we regret, for the most part, those things we say or those things that we do are done in anger. For the most part. Those things that that got away from us and we regret it the rest of our lives. There was, um, I had a lady years ago, had a 15-year-old daughter, and she got into a screaming match with a 15-year-old daughter, which, again, is where she should not have been. The daughter, in the midst of this yelling match, screams out, I hate you. And the mother, before she could think, yelled back, I hate you too, you little B." Now, as soon as it came out of her mouth, she wanted to just uh, die dead on the spot. She was just just, uh, overcome with remorse. Uh, But that's something that that 15-year-old will remember until she's 75. It was like two weeks into the pandemic, and I'm just grouchy right before bed, and I get really snappy. I'm not a big yeller, but I get really snappy Mm -hmm. and grumpy and internal and don't touch me and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'd been that way up until bedtime. And I'm just like, get him into bed. I don't want to encourage you and whisper sweet nothings. I don't want to rub your back. Just get into bed and go to sleep. Mm-hmm. I was that type of attitude. And I had the boys and I, Katie was going to read our oldest Ruth uh, a book that night. And our kids, the boys can't sit through chapters books. So I was going to take them and they got to pick a short book and I was going to read to them. Mm-hmm. And the book they chose was entitled My Dad. And it goes on to describe how much their dad is awesome. When I had been grumpy towards them. Oh, that's great. Talk about regret. Awesome. I'll tell you, when it comes to parental anger, and I've said this numerous times, in my experience tells me that parental anger, not anger in general, because children are children, so they're going to have tantrums. We just kind of hope that the adults uh, in the house are not contributing to throwing tantrums. But parental anger, I think, is the most destructive emotional element in a home. And most of that anger is brought about by faulty thinking, right, that is that is adrenaline-induced. And when we say faulty thinking, there's this guy named Albert Ellis that many moons ago, he came up with he, he, rational motive therapy, but he came up with the, what you remember about Ellis was the ABCs. OK, so f- follow me on this. A stands for in the ABC. A stands for the activating event. The C stands for the consequence of the activating event. And then the B is your belief about the activating event. So, again. Follow me on this. And it's supposed to be A plus B equals C. No. Close. Because it jumps. For example, if my son yells at me and I get angry, or my son does something and I get angry, if I, that would be him doing something, calling me a name or whatever, that's the A. That's the activating event. The C, 
The consequence, it well, yes, it is a plus b. Yes, but this, but to explain it, you have to jump over. So the c is the consequence. So if I ask you, know, hey, why did you get mad? It was because my kid did this. So the a is the activating event. The c is the consequence of it. But what we know is that A's never cause C's because if a kid acting disrespectful or whatever caused was causative, right? Like, like an infection in tonsils causes swelling across all time and all cultures. We know that if a meddlesome child, a disrespectful child is the one that uh, did something and then the consequence is anger, we know that the A didn't cause C because then all children who act that way all parents would respond in anger. And we know that's not true. There could be a lot of different ways that a parent would respond to that. So if A's don't cause C's, it's because B's cause C's. What your your brain tells you about what that child did, your belief about the activating event. This is how we know that nothing makes us mad, makes us mad. And that's probably one of the more important things that a spouse, that a parent can let settle into their psyche is that nothing makes us angry. 90% of parental anger most likely is sin. And we know that because if we, if we only got angry at the things that God got angry at, then there would probably be very, very little because Jesus got angry. That's not the not, that's not the issue. The things we get angry about, though, are are pretty much self-centered. Selfish. Yeah, my anger as a parent is selfish. Yeah, and when we talk about parental anger being wrong, all of us have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. All of us have, and yet none of us have experienced the wrath of God. None of us. None of us. So, if we don't experience the wrath of God. When, when we sin, then our children shouldn't experience our wrath if we're to be to our children as God is to us. Well, if that's our overarching philosophy of how to parent, then if we don't experience the wrath of God when we fall down, then our children shouldn't experience our wrath when we fall down. One of the problems with anger uh, whether it is uh, with another person or with one of your, you know, one of your kids, is that we believe that anger is justified. That if we get mad, if we yell, if we're snippy or whatever, we feel we're justified in responding that way. And for the longest time, if I would ever meet with a guy that's, you know, really got anger issues, I would say, well, hey, would your child, let's say you have a five-year-old daughter. Would that five-year-old daughter ever do or say anything that would make you just ball up your fist and punch him as hard as you can right in the mouth? And the response is, oh, no, never, never. No, no, but what if, what if, I mean, what if this little girl really said something offensive? Uh, No, absolutely not. Wouldn't you just, no, never. So what you're saying is there's absolutely no justification whatsoever for hitting your five-year-old daughter in the mouth uh, with your fist. Absolutely none. Okay. Then you who have an anger problem, you Mr. Out of Control, actually you do have control. You're saying that there is no scenario under heaven. There is no justification ever for punching your child. So what you have to do is you just have to take that. There is no justification, that line, and just move it from punching your child to yelling at your child, demeaning your child, cursing at your child, Uh, shutting out emotionally your child, there's no justification in those things either. 
And yet we do those things because in our head, we feel as though we are in some way justified. Parents feel the pressure to parent well, but life, especially right now, with the COVID and the germs and the homeschool, well, it's just really hard. That's why we're so excited to announce that I specifically, they wouldn't let Josh because, face it, he's just not good enough, but I will be speaking at the online Perfectly Imperfect Christian Parenting event that's going to be coming your way October 23rd and 24th. This completely digital event was designed for parents like us as a time to set aside perfection and receive the practical and spiritual help we need in an easy and accessible digital format. And we're so excited to, or at least Jimmy is, excited to be speaking at this event. The goal is to help you check perfection at the door and become the perfectly imperfect parent God has called you to be. Okay, so what I'm going to be speaking about specifically, the title is The Forbidden Pandemic and how it's time we begin talking about the rampant addiction to high-speed internet pornography. Now then, before you go, that's gross and you wouldn't catch me within 10 miles of that topic. I beg you to listen. You might say to yourself, well, gosh, you know, porn's been around forever. This has not. There are addiction experts that feel that because of high speed Internet pornography, there may not have ever been anything so addictive that we've ever dealt with as a society. And because shame is the driver of sex addiction and porn addiction, it is especially rampant within the church. Please listen. You may be a little uncomfortable, but it's information that we have to begin talking about. In addition to Jimmy's talk, there will be over 40 other short, consumable talks giving you both practical and spiritual advice from some other amazing speakers such as Aaron and Jamie Ivey, Mark Batterson, Jonathan Pitts, the Duck Dynasty Gang, and many, many more. So register today for this digital Christian parenting event at Paradox, that's P-A-I-R, A-D-O-C-S paradox.perfectlyimperfect.org at checkout. You'll also find a link to the event in our show notes. Again, register today at paradox.perfectlyimperfect.org. We look forward to seeing you there. As parents, we've talked about how it's selfish, our parental anger. Our parental anger says so much more about us and our internal workings than it does anything about our child and what they're Mm -hmm. doing. But the crazy thing and why it's so destructive is our children are, if you remember being 12 and walking into the lunchroom with a pimple, you assumed everybody was staring at that pimple. We, as children, were very egocentric, and some of that is survival for our children. Uh, My six-month-old won't say, oh, Mom, I'll let you finish the dishes before you give me the bottle. No, it's like, I need that bottle right now. Me, 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 me. And it's survival at that age. But for our children, how their brains work, it's, it's so much about them. And so we, while we know as adults our parental anger is about us, what our kids think is it's all about them. They personalize it. When our anger is about us, they're assuming they're the evil, that they're the bad, that mom and dad are sane and they know what they're doing. And so if they're mad at me, I must be the bad. Yes. 
And that's why it's so destructive because it's really about us and our sin, but our kids are personalizing it and internalizing it. Uh, and they, it's fueling their own anger and it's fueling their own negative self-concept uh, and their their negative self-thoughts and beliefs. Uh, and so it can really pervert their internal workings, our parental anger. Yeah, it says a lot about our sense of self-worth when we take out anger on on our kids. So absolutely. So if we're looking about how do we shut this down, how do we put a lid on parental anger? I would say the first thing, and I, man, if there was anything that we could just brand on the frontal lobes of parents, it would be your first response is your worst response. I don't know, but the way I was raised was, Jimmy, get your butt over here right now. It was, we're going to do this right now. And that is actually the worst time that we could possibly deal with an issue is when we're all hyped up, especially if the kid's older, older teen, maybe, a, a, excuse me, an older child or a teenager. That's the worst time to handle an issue. When the parents ramped up on adrenaline, the kids ramped up on adrenaline, there's probably not a lot good that is going to come of that exchange at that time. So just as long as you know, probably the, the very first thing you ought to do is nothing. Because, oh gosh, I remember when Sarah, who is now uh, upper 30s, let's just call it upper 30s, and she was, she was probably 12 years old uh, shopping with your mom down at the Barton Creek Mall, and she did something to anger your mom, and your mom said, that's it, I'm never taking you shopping with me again, from her lips to God's ears, if that could only have been true. But we say things that we don't mean when we're thinking with our adrenaline instead of our serotonin, and certainly not with the Holy Spirit. So just keep in mind, I'm telling you, this can carry you a long way, is your first response is your worst response. So don't go there. So we, we talk about, by the way, a lot of this is coming from my book, Toe to Toe with Your Teen, Successfully Parenting a Defiant Teen Without Giving Up and Giving In. And even though the, the principles are kind of for all ages, it's centered on really tough, defiant teenagers. And so we give in there a thing called, it's, it's called STOP, S-T-O-P. And you, you want to, in the midst of the discipline process, be able to stop. And the S stands for stop and separate. So again, you just shut it, knowing that your first response is your worst response. You stop, you stop. Don't handle it then. And for the most part, separate. So the whole go to your room, that's not to punish your child. It's to give you a moment to calm down. So the S stands for stop and separate. T is for tone down the tension. Instead of ruminating on what you can do and if you could possibly get by with murdering your child, instead of all of that, try to change the channel of your brain. Uh, if your spouse is not there, talk to them just to get your brain off of it so that your adrenaline can begin to subside and you can think more rationally. If you've ever been really, really angry at your spouse or whatever, and an hour later you literally can't remember what it was or you forgot you were supposed to be mad at them, that's what happens when the adrenaline goes away. And so take the time to let the adrenaline go away. So T stands for toning down the tension. And then the O is for opening up your heart to God. So in the discipline process, while you're away from your child, then you just go, okay, God, this is really about you, God, and your child, which just happens to also be my child. 
So you just use me, God. This is not about me getting respect. It's not about me enacting vengeance for whatever this child is. God, this is about you and them. So let me listen, Lord, with your ears to my child. And let me speak. And when I speak, Lord, let me use your voice to speak to this child. And that doesn't mean that we let them off the hook. I mean, Jesus to the rich young ruler, he looked at him, loved him, and said, go sell everything you have. So it doesn't mean that there's no discipline. It just means that you handle it in a loving and in a kind way. And then the P stands for present Christ to your child. So when you go in there, you hopefully if there's a major discipline issue, then it, that it ends in some capacity with you guys praying together. That means that the relationship is mended. They understand why. What's They may not agree with it. They don't have to agree with it. But this is why. And then you pray together. So they have no doubt in their mind that you love them, you don't hate them, you've prayed with them, and you thank Jesus for them. So S-T-O-P is a great little tool to, to help drain anger from the discipline process. <clears throat> test, 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 test. Is my mic finally on? Well, I was wondering why you, you weren't even looking. I was trying to talk the whole time. Did you unplug my mic? I was wanting for you to comment after each one of those. <laughs> and I figured... I think Jimbo unplugged my mic. I've been talking no, this whole time. My back hurts from carrying this entire episode on my back. Anytime Jimbo pulls out one of his chapters... He just goes, and I can't insert my opinion. Like the Energizer Bunny. If you want more information about this episode or anything previous, it's paradoxpodcast.com. You can also find us on our socials there. If you go to christianparenting.org slash paradox, you can also find us there. We appreciate you listening and hope you review and share the show. Thanks so much. See ya. For more information about the voice of the Paradox Podcast, Julie Lyles Carr, go to julielylescar.com. And if you want more details about what was discussed on today's show and find the archive of all our past shows, go to paradoxpodcast.com. <laughs> <laughs>